This is the Not Bitter, Just Better podcast. The Everton Our Way. Straight, Straight from, from the street, street end. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. Mr Johnny Seven, here as always, sat here this time uh, with Mark Mack, who this time isn't flying solo. Yeah, I've actually got someone to talk to. The bad news is it's you. However, at least I've got someone to talk to, so I shouldn't say aim at the end of every single sentence like I did last week when I was on my own. You sure? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, listen, I'm not going to let your veiled insults and passive aggressiveness get me down this week because it was a good day, a good weekend of football last weekend. It certainly was, wasn't it? It's uh, we we got to get out the uh, the Everton memes when uh, never felt more like etc etc got got to get all them out and so it's always fun when you can do that isn't it yeah great result for the Blues you know it was the result we were all looking for the performance was good as well uh, Stevie Naismith as we will talk about a bit later obviously really setting us up for the day uh, everything was good and happy and then Liverpool got smashed by Man United just to top the day off so good stuff what can you ask for Um so, as uh, as we have started doing this season, we'll talk about the game against Chelsea, well, or the previous game, uh, at the end of the show, just before we do our preview, and we're going to go into the news section, but there's going to be a lot of crossover, so bear with us, I'm sure, I'm sure everyone, do you think everyone knows the score by now? We're not going to be giving any spoilers out, are we? Not really, uh, of course, you'd have to be living in a cave to not know that Everton beat Chelsea last week and, and Stephen Aishman's got a hat-trick I think so you have just done a, a actual score yeah, you've just finished the show here now no one's going to be listening to this if you don't know the score are they I don't think someone just listens to this because they like the sound of our voices and think, don't know a thing about Everton I, I think the, I, I think there are people out there who actually wait the, avoid the game avoid match of the day avoid goals on Sunday avoid everything through the week just so they can hear us and they want us to build up the anticipation and then, boom, hit them at the end with the actual uh, breakdown of the match. I think there's actually people out there and those people are called my parents. <laughs> Are you starting to talk and crack again? <laughs> no. As every football fan will know, we did turn Chelsea over last week and that's where we will start at that game when we come back with all the Everton news of the week. Now, because Johnny wasn't here last week and he, he's feeling a little bit left out, I've let him do the notes for this week's news section. And I'm just looking at them now. I can't understand the word of it and he seems to be all over the place. So this could be a little bit chaotic. Um, but I think the best place to start will be, uh, as you said, going back to the Chelsea game uh, and looking at the fact that there was another protest before the game, you would say. There was another plane buzzing over Goodison as we made the short walk from the, the players' lounge. Uh, well, I made the short walk in the players' lounge. I don't know where you actually came from on Saturday. You just seemed to appear. I was there well before you, but then I had to nip out to take care of some business. And then uh, sounds dodgy. That it does sound dodgy, but it's not. Right. Okay. <laughs> so I had to were you, nip were you, out. Were you going to attach the banner to the back of the plane? I was. Yeah. Oh, I had to go and see a man about a dog. Is that what the the, uh, the expression is? It is. Yeah. Uh, not a dog about a man, though. No. Right. Okay. Um, so yeah, another plane was obviously flying over. Paid for by the Kenwright board out or board out Everton board out whatever they're called I can't remember the just just uh, on that note uh, those 
people, when you put that post up last week about the uh, Game Right Out mob, and we talked last week about me being associated with the Twitter account, because you haven't got it. I got loads of uh, tweets back saying, mob, what do you mean by that? It makes us sound like, you know, a bunch of, like, gangsters or hooligans or stuff. And I was like, well, I'm not sure that that's what you actually meant. It was just, it, you just meant group, didn't you? Collective, not necessarily. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, uh, what else, what other word would you use? Gang. That makes them sound even more like a gang, because you're using the word gang. gang. Yeah, yeah. True. Um, I don't know. Did they want to be called the Ken Rysel Collective, like the Urban Cookie Collective? Yeah, or and did they have the Are they key? Are into a bit of 90s dance? Do they have the key and the secret? Well, they have got the key, and they've got the key to us winning 3-0. They really today. have, yeah. Uh, or oh, scoring three goals, I should yeah, say. So, yeah, yeah. So if, if they do that every week, and we get three goals every week, then... Yeah, we're getting all kinds of planes, when we? with all kinds of messages. We are starting to turn around to the plane now, aren't we? The fact that we've we've scored three goals and took three points both times. The planes flew over the game. The plane this week now. I think. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Uh, the word on it was your failures are your legacy. Yeah. So uh, that's very vague, and um, I I don't know whether that's going to be it, that. That's only the legacy in a small minority of Evertonians. Uh, eyes, in my in my opinion, I think the camera uh, the Kenwright legacy will be the fact that he rescued us from um, being the laugh, laughing stock of British football uh, when we were under the the, the the guardianship of Peter Johnson. When you know it was an absolute joke. If you think this, the the board's a joke now, people must have really short memories. Uh, I say short memories. It was what, twenty years ago, uh, but you know. We would, we were spiraling, and people can't say we're spiraling now. We've had a steady increase as a club since then. All right, we failed some bids to, you know, get some stadiums and big signings, but that was the real joke. You know, I think it's very difficult to start saying, you know, such and such will be your legacy. Your legacy is whatever you leave behind once you've left. So, for instance, if a new ground was to get announced. And if this board did build a new ground over the next couple of years and say we won a trophy this year and a trophy, or maybe another trophy or whatever, surely that would be the legacy. So I think, you know, they're getting a little bit sort of guesswork on this. I will give them credit, you know, nice big blue lettering this time on the banner. So there was no red lettering. Uh, so, you know, we did obviously put a little bit more thought into it. My only problem with, with the actual wording on it, your failures are your legacy I think outside of the club to anybody watching you know from other teams or whatever I think they might take that as our failures are our legacy and it sort of you know puts the club down like we're a bit of a failure of a club in a way um, which I don't think is true you know well, who, who, the, who do you think this message is for though do you think it's do you think it's for the board and the message is direct. The message is obviously directed at the board, and it's meant to. The plane is all meant to bring in some media about that message. But is that what you're saying? Do you... I don't know. I don't know if if it's directed directly at the board, then it was a bit of a failure. And the fact that when it was flying over the ground, and I was sat in the street end, I was looking up at the director's box, and it was empty. Now, they were all having their uh, prawn sandwiches, weren't they? Exactly. So uh, obviously, you know, they see it on the TV, and they made the word and everything else. But yeah. Um, I don't know what the plans are now moving forward. I've not seen anything this week. I don't know what the general, you know, 
feelings are from. I think I won't say mob. The the Kenrite collective. Well, let me crew. just go on from that. Uh, what I will say is, you know. I don't know whether they plan on any more planes or whether they think that was a success or a failure. I think it was massively overshadowed by the fact that we won and everybody was was so high and after the game. Um, I think it was just swallowed up in, in, in the, the euphoria of the result. Uh, some of them are actually taking credit for it, though, aren't they? Do you think it's tongue-in-cheek? Well, we're giving them a bit of credit for it. Yeah, but ours is tongue-in-cheek. It's like, can I, we... I don't know. As a superstitious man, yeah, <laughs> I'm definitely. starting to believe it myself. Uh, another thing, like the, these tweets that are, you know, you, you, the, the term "chem right haters," and people are saying, "Well, what's a chem right hater? If uh, if if you want to call me a, a chem right hater because I severely dislike ben Ke- Bill Kemright, then so be it. It's like, well, isn't that the very definition of it? I think it's a fairly obvious term, really. Yeah, well, that's that's exactly what my reply was. Uh, Kenwright haters are people who hate Bill Kenwright. Yeah, that's it. So you start calling them pragmatic Kenwright fundamentalists. Uh, if you then no one will know what that means, really. Yeah, and then they can, we, we would have to define that then. So yeah, uh, but you know, this is this is what it's what the planes were designed for, I suppose to to get interest, and you know, we're discussing it. Or to get two idiots chatting about it on a couch. Yeah, and uh, my mum listening to it. Our only listener. <laughs> <laughs> on the right phone, <laughs> only messing folks. Um, so you know that that was it was interesting. Plane equals three goals. We'll have that. Yeah. And but and and there's no real fallout effect from the board. By... No, we wait to see what the plans going forward are with, in relation to ongoing protests. The Kenwright Collective uh, were not the only people moaning after the game. No, were they this week? Uh, there was a certain Portuguese special. Manager also complaining and not being very happy. Yeah, well, this this was pretty ridiculous, wasn't it? It was it was uh, apparently uh, Roberto went in to do his post match interview uh, with uh, at the BBC the match of the day or whatever, um, and normally it's a custom for the away manager to do the interview first, uh, so that they can get back in to the dressing room, get ready, and shoot off. Back to whatever they need to go to. Is this to? before they go and have like a glass of wine in the office of the home? I thought that was a big. I thought that was a custom as well. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, apparently, but you know, he obviously, he obviously had to get in, tear his players a new one, and then because he was he was obviously fuming because uh, Roberto got to do his interview first. I thought he wasn't fuming though, because according to Jose Mourinho, they bossed the whole game, and then every time we got the ball, we scored. That's what he said. Yeah. Well. You know, blinkers. Um, so Roberto did his interview first? He did his interview first, and uh, apparently uh, a few expletives were directed his way, Roberto's way, from Jose. Uh, and uh, I think F-bombs were dropped, name-calling ensued, handbags were raised, um, and uh, he wasn't very happy. And then in the, in the interview that followed, where he actually did go in, conveniently... Uh, when he talked a little bit about football and you, he discussed the things that you've just mentioned and sounded very hard done to when the question and turn round to the uh, failed uh, attempt at signing John Stones he conveniently said oh we don't have time and uh, walked out of the interview because uh, he didn't get to go to his interview first so yeah interesting Pram toys exactly. out of 
Yeah, I mean, it just it sounds a bit bizarre, you know, to who had their interview first. But it also doesn't explain the fact that I think there's quite a few clips going around, isn't it, of him going absolutely crazy at Roberto on the touchline and, and swearing his head off. Um, I think he tra- because of obviously the stick he was getting from the Evertonians, he's trying to play that. He's trying to do that. Not bothered. Yeah. He? When he clearly is bothered. Um, so yeah. It's a, it's a shame, isn't it? Because we we, we do. I mean, even now, I'm not. Bo- I'm not bothered. I still have a soft spot, as you. Do, I'm sure you still do for Mourinho. I, I like it. He, he amuses me. He amuses yeah. me. That that's the thing. And I'm, I like the fact that he puts us above uh, the shite. You know, and he, and he says like you know he, he kind of rates us think as a he club. Still will though. That's what I was just going to ask you. I still think he will. It'll probably die down a little bit. He'll probably respect the fact. You know, we'll go and watch the highlights and realise that we did deserve the win, and we did hold our own over the uh, the, the Stone Saga. And I think he'll start. He'll carry on respecting us. Yeah, I mean, I I like characters in football. Football's boring, isn't it? If everyone was just you know monotone, placid, boring. If everyone was Roy Hodgson, for instance, you know, we'd all be sleeping every week. You know, you're Jose Mourinho's, you crazy Louis Van Gaal's. Yeah. Um, did you see that interview where he was singing the other week? Uh, no, I, I didn't. Oh, no. my God, that man is nuts. Um, you know, they're the people you like to see, aren't they? Of course, yeah. Uh, not everyone can just, as you say, you, you just wouldn't wouldn't want to wouldn't watch anything, would you? you just watch the goals and then like, turn it off. You, you'd have no Sky Sports news, you'd have... No sports updates. It would just be right. This it was this score. It'd just be the classified results every day. So, it's good. Um, where are we going now? In your crazy notes. Well, I'm, I'm going. I'm, I'm trying to follow. It's like a, a doctor dot here. Um, <laughs> Jags is set to make his 300th appearance for the Blues at the weekend. Eight seasons in. I thought he. It seems like he's been here forever, doesn't it? The weird. Right. The weird thing is, when I was looking into this before. Eight years seems like he's been here a really long time, but then three hundred appearances doesn't seem that many. Well, it's it's because you. I mean, because you look at the in the scheme of things, like you look at obviously this is the Premier League era was thirty eight games. If you look at players like Dave Watson or like Neville Southall, and they used to play uh, forty two league games a season, hardly any injuries, and then uh, however many cup games and European games or whatever. I'm not sure. Is this his three hundredth league game or three hundredth in all competitions? I don't know. I like did not look that far into. No, no. Well, but if you think about Jags as well, I you think know, it's a strange league game, isn't it? it, it we haven't had, we haven't been as as successful in cup competitions, and uh, he has had you know we were at the season where he was out for pretty much the whole season, and he's had the odd other lengthy spells on the sidelines. So it's still, if you look at it in terms of that, then uh, it's still still some going. I'm going to lowball you here and throw you under the bus. Go on. Where do you place him as far as Everton centre-backs go Uh, in our history? It's difficult because... I think people are always going to put Ratcliffe, LeBone and probably Watson, Andy, ahead of people. Yeah, yeah, I'd go with that, yeah. Uh, I mean, do, do do you place him ahead of the likes of Dexy Manfield? Because you've got Manfield that scores fourteen goals from centre back, but you know I can't I can't say that Manfield's a better defender because I was I was five and six when, when you know when they were when he was in his in his heyday. So Jags, for all the criticism he gets for you know that stupid diagonal pass that he tries you know at least once or twice a game, and then you know it comes off every 
five or ten games. Uh, he is he's, he's essentially an old-fashioned brave defender who will like throw anything inside with the ball. Like, like uh, I think he's underestimated in a lot of areas as well. I think he's a lot quicker than he's given credit. Oh for. yeah, I, th- I think you he's in the, in the mould of. Uh, I was saying this at, at the match. Why not? Why haven't Chelsea, if they couldn't get Stones, why wouldn't they come in for someone? I know what the actual answer is, but why wouldn't they come in for Jags uh, to replace or to stand alongside John Terry and Gary, Gary uh, Cahill? Because who better to replace Terry? Because that's essentially what he's done in the England side. It's an age thing. Of course it, it, is, but, it is, but he's, he's what, 30, 32? So he's got a couple of years on Terry. He would, he would do them a job for a couple of seasons at least. And he's got the international are pedigree. To, are you now trying to... To be in the media, I would sell Phil Jagielka. I'm definitely not. You're trying to do. I'm definitely not. Uh, but I'm just surprised that you know clubs like you know Man United were linked and Chelsea, Arsenal were linked a few seasons ago for 10 million, but nothing concrete. I don't think ever came of that as far as a bid went. But it just surprises me that Chelsea haven't had a look if they're so desperate to replace Terry because you know who better? Yeah, and I mean, all credit to Phil Jagielka. He's been a great servant for the club, uh, a great captain. And you know yeah, he seems to be in a, he seems to be in really good form at the minute. He well. seems to be. Unfortunately, he seems to, he, he was playing the season last season, wasn't he? And I don't think he was far off the the, the year before. But there's still people who, uh, I think, in the pecking order of the the Boo Boys, I think Osman's always up there. Barry's uh, established established himself near the top of the list these days. I think Jags has kind of suffered from our season last season. The fact that he was captain, and I think he's become a little bit of a scapegoat by proxy of that uh, for, for some of the boo boys. And I think it's unfortunate because he's. Uh, I think I think he'd, he'd bleed for this club, and he has often. To answer my own question, Go on. I think if you had a first team squad made up of all the players from the history of Everton, and say a forty man squad, Jags would be one of the five centre halves you'd have. Um, That's what I think. Yeah. I think he's up there. I think he's up there. You know. Top five, six centre halves ever had at the club, service wise. Yeah, wouldn't you put um, Joseph Yobo in there? Probably not. No. Or David Weir. David Weir, David Weir was a good player, but you know, I think if you look at, I, I think Jack Yelko was the better player. I think I was, I was, I was being slightly tongue in cheek, but I think the likes of Stubbs and Weir, they kind of played when and Richard, even Richard Dunn. He was a he was a great centre half, but he was a two the tail end. Yeah, but he was, and it, it's a longevity as well, isn't it? And also, you know, it was when we were struggling. If they, those, if he, any of those three were in the squad now, would they be uh, Austin Jags out of the spot, or were, were they were they there because we were rubbish and they were where they should have been? At no, the time? I think Jagielka is a better player than, than oh, the players enough. you mentioned there. I mean, I, you know, as a, as a, if you're looking straightforward football. Uh, you know, I'd put Lebone, I'd put Ratcliffe ahead. I think Jagielka's pretty, you know, fairly on a par with Dave Watson. I might get shot down for that. But. I think he's a better better ball player, and I'm not saying he's an outstanding like player, uh, like you know, bringing the ball out. Uh, but he's comfortable unless he's ha- hassled a little bit. Uh, but Watson was a little bit braver, so yeah, it's it's, it's tricky, isn't it? I'd say if we can keep if we can keep John Stones, he could be the goat. Yeah, wow, the greatest of all time. Yeah, but that's that. Let's 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 rehash that subject in ten years' time on the podcast. Yeah, hopefully we'll have when we're doing holographic podcasts 
where people actually can see us. Hopefully, be scary, wouldn't it? Hopefully, we'll be we, that will be uh, up for discussion. Uh, eight seasons in, I think it's pretty. I think it's a, a dead set that he's going to get a testimonial year, isn't he? He's going to get a testimonial. I think Chad Yelka will be with Everton for the rest of his career now. All right, cool. So one player who uh, it's kind of fifty-fifty whether he will be here for the rest of his career because he had an opportunity to leave over the summer. Well, before the transfer window, but. Uh, Roberto knocked back the approach an 8 million bid from Norwich and he uh, he's come out and said why he didn't want to let, let Stevie Naismith go and uh, what do you think is the main reason? Um, because he's happy with his charitable work in the community do you think so when when a ticket office opens and uh, Stevie Naismith is first in line to buy tickets for uh, the unemployed you think that's why? I was saying that Messing. I wasn't being serious. Uh, I think it's probably because he didn't sign anyone to replace him. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of the, the first the first line of the explanation. Uh, we couldn't replace him. Uh, well, we, we couldn't let him go at this this moment in time because we couldn't replace him. It sounds kind of harsh, but I think I don't think it was meant as in you know if someone had come in earlier and we had time. I still I still don't think he would have let him go because I, I think he means that type of player and the amount of commitment he gives uh, it's difficult to replace rather than give us another week and we'll get someone in and then you can have them yeah and I think Stephen H. Smith is one of those players who suffers from the thing of because he's not always first choice in the team when he goes out of the team for instance because Barkley's been playing so well and he's been playing in that in that number 10 role people seem to forget about Stephen H. Smith they forget what he can give us and you forget just how good he can be on the day um, when he's not when he's sitting on the bench. You know them players who, if he sits on the bench, he, week by week he slowly gets worse and worse in the eyes of some Evertonians. Um, and I think he, he proved exactly what he can do, didn't he, last, last weekend against Chelsea? Um, it, it, it is, but I, I think he's kind of warranted his place on the bench because he, he hasn't done anything. Obviously, I mean, that's, that's going to be up for debate, which we, we'll, we'll probably do in a bit. Uh, but... Has he done anything substantial to warrant a place in the starting eleven? You think Kone's? Well, he has now. Of course, he has now. But the, know, the problem you've Kone's got turned a corner. Attacking player-wise, at the minute though, there's no shame to be on Everton's bench. No. Kevin Morales is on the bench every week. The the, the second coming of Christ, Gerard Delafeu, is on the bench every week, isn't he? Um, you know, Alan Lennon could be on the bench every week. There's no shame in being on the bench because there's a lot of competition in those forward roles. Yeah, forward roles, okay. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know, should we talk about this here though? Uh, or should we leave it? In fact, we'd best talk about this here. Because it's your running order, son. Yeah, this is this is relevant not just for the Swansea game coming up. This is going to be relevant for the for the coming week. So I think we should... A few people, uh, and Nick Smith himself has come out that, you know, he wants more now. And uh, so... Does he warrant a starting role? And the difficulty is, people are saying that he should be starting up front, but he didn't play up front when he came on, and I think that's why he benefited because we had two, we had two players essentially up front, didn't we? Do you know if he was coming out in the media this weekend and say if he hadn't have even got yeah. a pitch of the weekend and he come in the media and he said, you know, I stayed and now I want more, I want to play more, you know, I'd be thinking, well, you're going to have to wait your turn. He's come out and he said this at the right time. He's he he did it. He's talking on the pitch last week. Yeah. Now, 
The problem he's got is who does he come in for? If he wants to play in that number 10 role, you know, that means Ross makes way. And Ross has started the season brilliantly, as we know, and as we've talked about. So then we're looking at moving Ross out wide or Which is a a change around in the team. You know, it seems difficult. It, it, it's going to be difficult to accommodate Naismith straight back into the side at the minute. Um, I think it's very much this season. I think the the Everton starting eleven is going to be deployed tactically. We're going to see different personnel on a game by game basis. So I think Naismith will get games. I think Morales will get games. I think Delafeu will get games. Um, but it might not be this weekend against Swansea. Yeah. I, I, I can't see him coming in for Kone because Kone I think Kone played really well against Chelsea he did yeah uh, he's not going to come in for Lukaku who didn't play particularly outstandingly against Chelsea but he's your main man you're not going to bring Mason really stepping on the toes and we recap later here yeah okay just so you know but I'm talking about no, overall, no, you say, exactly that, that, that was my point you know if we weren't playing particularly well and Stephen Naismith came in scored a hat-trick you'd be a shoo to start the game wouldn't he and we'd all be saying look what he's done there it's what we've missed get him back on the side that's not the case we've been playing well anyway so so we'll we'll put that I'll put that as a note that we're going to talk about in a sec because... do you think he can play left back <laughs> well we've got the uh, the second second coming of Christ uh, which which I've just uh, thought about that we, we, we forgot to uh, add in our notes who's going to be offered a new contract uh, Brendan Galloway is the the second second coming of Christ after Delafeu apparently because he's now going to be offered a new contract and he's being lauded as uh, an, another future Everton great because of his performance so far this season I think the whole new contract thing is pretty much we all know when he came in from Forest last season he was brought in as, a, as an under 21 player that probably would have been on a contract that reflected that um, you know he, he's now a bona fide first team squad player you would say you know yeah. obviously he's starting games at the minute due to injury but um, he's proved that he could play at that level uh, and he's getting better week in week out so yeah I, I see no problem with a new contract I'm sure there's already clubs uh, eyeing him up maybe what's his face was right who was it he was saying that Man City will probably end up buying him uh, Rodney Marsh Rodney Marsh it was yeah maybe, maybe we slagged him off for saying that last week maybe. we really did yeah yeah maybe maybe he was right maybe he knew a bit more about it than we did but yeah, no, I think, as, as we've seen with the, the Stone Saga, when we recognise talent and quality in the squad, we need to get it tied down long-term, straight away, to put teams off, maybe tapping up and coming in and trying to steal players. Yes, uh, so, uh, I've, I've put this uh, towards the end of, of the our, our, our news section, but while we're talking about the, the under-21 players, I thought we could mention here, uh, Leandro Rodriguez come in again for the under-21 side and scored another goal so that's 2-2 two and two for, for him and now there's talk of him and uh, David Hennan kind of being fast-tracked into the first-team squad Yeah, it was a midweek game against Sunderland for the under-21s and it was actually quite a strong team when you looked at it in paper you had the like you had Hennan you had Rodriguez up front uh, Gibson Osman in midfield uh, Joel in goal <laughs> You just undone your own argument there. What with Joel? Yeah, strong. Don't be mean. Uh, and then the likes of Holgate, uh, Pennington, all in, in defence. So yeah, you know it was a it was a well sort of 
rounded, well-known team that the Blues put out there. I think they, they drew 1-1, one, one, didn't they, I think, in the end. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, it looks like... I don't know whether this talk this week of maybe Hennon making it maybe, you know, a little bit just something motivational cause he might, just to keep Hennon going because you might think that Rodriguez is going to leapfrog him. Yeah. Uh, I think with the with the uh, Rodriguez thing though, is it's we we said we said that we thought you know when, when we did on the podcast just before he signed a couple of weeks ago that we thought that he would come in, um, basically into like into that under twenty one position and you know try and find his feet over a couple of seasons and Roberto obviously because he knows best said that he he thinks that he will come in and be part of first team plans basically straight away. So I think he's on. He's on track to do that. I would not be surprised if Rodriguez, Hennon, or both were on the bench against Red next week in the Oh yeah. The cup. I mean that seems a perfect opportunity, yeah. Uh so so as some someone else that you've just mentioned, uh Darren Gibson made his comeback in that game as well against Sunderland the under twenty one game. Um I don't do we, think, do we know how he, he got to the I, ground? I don't I was just gonna say I don't think he drove. Right, okay. Has he got a bike? Uh, no, because he probably he bands pulled his hamstring around the bike. He, he paid well. He paid four and a half grand to replace that other fella, so he might have <laughs> he might have been in in the market for one. Maybe yeah. Maybe he went to Alfred's and paid four and a half grand and got like a three hundred quid bike free as well for himself to get to the game. But no. In all, in all seriousness, about Dan and Gibson, I've, I said a few years ago that I, I you know and last season as well, I think he's the best passer, uh, he's the best range of passing that we've got at the club. Uh, short, long, uh, he's. Lacking a yard of pace, but you know that kind of position, and he's definitely a different option from uh, Barry and McCarthy. If we if we should need someone like that, so you know, legal disputes aside, criminal record aside, I think it'd be good to have him sniffing back around the first team and having that extra option there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, well, I've talked about Dan Gibson now so many times on the podcast, and I agree the boy's talented, but for me. He won't stay fit, and he won't. He won't stay fit. Uh, he won't, will he? Let's face it. There's a, a funny, funny kind of bit of news this this week about Dan and Gibson. Martin O'Neill has told uh, Roy Keane to look after uh, Dan and Gibson and try and get him on the right track. And it's it's Martin un- O'Neill's told Roy Keane. Yeah. How's this working? I don't get it. Well, that, this is just this is just newspaper talk about what's actually what, like happened. Roy Keane's now Dan and Gibson's bodyguard yeah yeah apparently yeah and well if he'd have accepted it but I mean apparently Roy Keane has told him to stick your dad and Gibson up your bollocks right okay yeah fair enough okay uh, so that's a, that's a bit of a bizarre thing to say that I mean what is what's is like Roy Keane gonna like follow Dan and Gibson round like and <laughs> if he, I don't get it. If he runs into cyclists while he's driving, then he's going to make sure he stays on the spot. Is he going to be like a fixer? He calls Roy Keane and goes, Roy, Roy, I've done it again. And then Keane turns up and makes the body go missing and gets the car fixed and not never happened, pays people off. Yeah, apparently so, yeah. Ah, well, if Roy Keane came and told me I hadn't seen anything, I hadn't seen anything. <laughs> uh, something I forgot to add about the Naismith thing. Uh, Naismith thing before Roberto said that he's a, a he's a manager's dream. Um, I'm not sure uh, what type of dream are we yeah, talking I'm not about. Sure yeah. where, how far we want to go with that? Like, but uh, is it like one of these dreams on Alan Partridge where he's like dancing pole dancing in leather? 
Stephen. Oh, I don't want to think about you, that. You'll never unsee that now, lads. That's in your head. The albino Pele in leather chaps, swinging his booty. Yeah, no, I don't want to see that. Um, Roberto has also come out. I think he, he's been the, the master of the uh, understatement and obvious statement this week, and uh, said that we are benefiting from having uh, no Europe this season. <laughs> no shit. No shit, Roberto. <laughs> yeah, noticed that. Yeah. Um, I must admit, you know, the, the European games have started this week. It's been a, a highly underwhelming week for the, the British sides, or, well, the English sides, I should say, uh, in the first round of games. Uh, United lost. Horrible injury to Luke Shaw, did you see it? No. Oh. I was too busy. Too busy for football this week. Not nice. Not nice. So, uh, yeah, so United lost to PSV, which you wouldn't have expected. Uh, City lost to Juve. Uh, Arsenal lost to Dynamo Zagreb which you wouldn't have expected uh, and, and Chelsea had a fairly routine game against uh, Tel Aviv um, and then Liverpool didn't do particularly well last night against Bordeaux did, did, did how many fans did he talk? what, what two? I was I was gobsmacked I saw the really. pictures yeah the comparisons when you I know. mean you look at how many we took to Lille in the, the group stage of last season yeah uh, you know and it's, it's one of them isn't it you know, I'm hearing Cop eight say, oh, wait, you see, the difference between us and you is we're used to Europe and, and all this. But, you know, if you're going to go on a European trip, you think, you know, get it out the way before Christmas. It, it's France, it's, easy, it's very easy to get to, it's relatively cheap. You can fly down there from Liverpool Airport. Or, or Norway. Or, or Norway, wherever you're coming from, yeah. Um, and if you're such a world brand, uh, you know, when you've got fans all over the world, this is what we get told all the time, why all the locals can't get a ticket. Um, I would have expected to see more than uh, the smattering of people. Unless all the Liverpool supporters went dressed as empty seats. That might have happened. Apparently, though, on the Liverpool website, it's sold out. Do you know this? Did they only have 10 tickets? No, they're all crying this idea that they've all, they all bought tickets to... None of them could go the game because people have bought up tickets with no intention of going just to get the credit on the the fan cards. Or yeah, exactly. Whatever. If that was me, and I wouldn't do Stop this, any, I wouldn't do this anyway. But if I was buying a ticket on my card to get the credit, I'd then sell the ticket onto somebody. You Is, would, wouldn't you? Does it work the same though? You've got to have your passport number for like. The, the, I think the, so. Well, you didn't with us with Leo. Do you just had your ticket? I, I don't get this, you know, saying that you know it's, it's kind of beneath us doing the the the, uh, the Rafa the, Rafa yeah, beneath us yeah. <laughs> doing the Europa trip when they're so used to all. This. It's not about that, is it? Though it's about support. It's not about it's about getting away from the beard, isn't it? And getting, on, getting on it with your mates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just getting your hell over and get and then like jumping in jumping in your mate's car at the oh, end. Only one for loaf of bread. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'm getting down here and getting down to Bordeaux and getting on the wine. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I mean, it's it's it's, it's just different, a different breed. Well, different I, breed. I'm just going to continue on the, the the different level of breed, uh, how different they actually are. And what are you doing? This is going to go. Uh, no, have you seen? Are you, are you talking about the fund? Oh, I thought you were going to say well, John Flanagan because he's definitely oh, he's definitely a different uh, breed of in subhuman. <laughs> Do you find that? Did you see that story in the news last week about the some archaeologists had found a new a new level of human that's somewhere between sort of like Neanderthal man yeah, and real yeah, yeah. human I, I was thinking that's where John Flanagan's gone <laughs> <laughs> that's why he hasn't been playing you're an ass, you poor fella it's true though him and John Joe Shelby the pair of them <laughs> uh, where it was going is the fund which uh, those 
horrible classless butte I've started off. I can't think of an, a, a, another a, another low level of uh, description Is this the sack Brenda Rogers from Yeah. Here? Do you want to raise seven million quid? So they've started like a Kickstarter fund or GoFundMe or something like that. For what? To pay him off? So, so that they can sack him and pay out his contract? So, what? I, the... I don't... Right. So, obviously this isn't going to happen. If they raise seven million quid... Yeah. Right. They're gonna How get, are they then going to sack hijack him? Hijack the board. Make the decision. Call them into the office. Get someone dressed as one of the... Alex Sugar. I can't even... I don't You're even... Fired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So Vinnie Mac for those wrestling fans out there you're fired and then uh, should we edit that out no go <laughs> and um, yeah I, I don't know it's, it's it's. do you think they're privileged do you think they are they have the divine right to oh, it just does my head in like do you think they, they have the say on all this you know, do you think they raise this money oh they're going to raise 7 million quid um, and then that, that's just a given then you can just sack him off and then get Jürgen Klopp in and, then, and that's, this is what they think is going to happen because I heard that Jürgen Klopp is monitoring Pep Guardiola's job at Bayern because he wants to get the Bayern job next so I think Jürgen Klopp's got his eyes on a bigger prize in, in all yeah, I know which, which job I'd uh, fancy if it came up between the choice between the two on a uh, footy manager or score hero or score hero yeah yeah um, yeah so it, yeah. bizarre aren't they just, just crazy I might start a fund to keep Brendan Rodgers in now. I'm going to try and raise uh, 10 million quid uh, to give to John Henry uh, to give to Brendan Rodgers to waste on more players. Yeah, it'd be good, that. Uh, Remember when that Devok Origi was meant to be good? Oh, you don't say that kind of thing when... Especially when the derbies are next time. Yeah, yeah, you just so. don't say that shit. Uh, just, well, just you made that random reference to Vince McMahon from wrestling then. My random reference of the day was, um, I discovered this week that Kenny Florian... Yes, do you the, not know this? ...of the, of the UFC uh, is a Liverpool supporter. Uh, I, I know, because I, I, I tweeted him from our... Because I knew he was a fan of, you know, of uh, the Premier League in particular. And uh, so I, I tweeted, and a few of the Blues got back to me. Didn't you know that he's a... Yeah, well, did you out. not? Did you have you listened to the? I've completely no. He's out of my life now. Well, Kempflo is no longer exists. On this week's uh, <laughs> Annika Florian podcast, yeah, um, he was talking about his love of the red shite, uh, and John Annick doesn't have a Premier League team, but he's picking one, and he narrowed it down to Everton and Man City, and he went with Man City. Oh, so it, that, it's definitely off the. the, the just, listening. just randomly as well. Do you know Ariel Halwani kind of follows? I don't know who he follows. I think, I think Arsenal. I think he's a bit of a, a, a bit of a gooner. Anyone listening to this will be thinking, "What are they talking about?" <laughs> no, I think we've got some crossover. We've got Daniel it. Bryan. Yes, with Sylvester Stallone. Have you seen the, the trailer for the new the new film with the Evertonians in? No, no. Did you see yourself again? No, but it's weird when you watch the trailer. There's like Bellew is fighting with whoever. Bizarrely, the the fellow who plays Creed's son in it, the main star, is his name's Michael Jordan. So he's fighting with Tony Bellew, and Bellew comes to the ring in all his Everton gear and everything that he normally wears. Um, and then it it looks like it's in an indoor arena. It's all been like blacked out. You can see the crowd going crazy, but then when you zoom in, you can see the crisscrosses, the Gladys Street. So they've obviously used that footage. Yeah. 
So I don't know if it'll be a bit more obvious in the film itself. So should we get? Should we, we wait? So it comes down on a um, on a torrent site. Uh, it comes it comes out on a torrent site. Try and get uh, one that's about four or five gig, and then just go in and watch it frame by frame. See if we can see ourselves. Possibly. I'm still waiting for me check. Oh yeah, for your for your starting appearance last season. <laughs> for my for my attempt at getting an Ivan Drago chant going. Uh, yeah. Uh, just something that I've just added to the news, which uh, I, I'm going to sneak in there. Um, the media washout last week on Stephen Naismith's performance, and you know this could, we could have thrown this in the Chelsea uh, thing, but you know, Man City, uh, one of their official uh, Twitter uh, accounts, tweeted saying congratulations to Stephen Naismith, seeing as though nobody else is saying. I think they tweeted at the match of the day, you know. So it was a, a decent performance by Everton. Uh, it was all about Chelsea not signing John Stones and Jose spitting his dummy out but some fella there actually scored three goals I think I know what you're saying about the John Stones thing and Jose Mourinho but I think any other weekend Stephen Aysmith would have been a big news however it was unfortunate that later on that day the biggest game in the history of world football ever in the universe the world's biggest derby that oh, isn't yeah, yeah. even a derby Liverpool Man United was taking place um, and I think that eclipsed it. Just the fact that but, you know, if I if I hear the phrase that Martial is the new Thierry Henry one more time, yeah. um, I'm gonna kidnap Thierry Henry and shove him up Martin Tyler's ass. I'm sure, oh, yeah, right. That's harsh words. Um, fighting talk that. Uh, I just wanted to carry on from that though. The media washout, and you know, this is by no means a criticism, but. Do we kind of play a part in that? Stephen Naismith scored three goals. We were all there watching it, sell out crowds. What were the songs that were being sung? Uh, Money Can't Buy Your Stones. Yeah. Generally. And uh, Fuck Off Mourinho. So. Yeah, but that that was always going to be the, of course, the theme of the day, wasn't it? Of course. But we, I think if you looked at our webpage afterwards, it was all about Stephen yeah, Naismith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 but it's. It's indicative of society today that we would <laughs> rather, yeah, yeah, we would rather uh, wallow in someone else's misfortune than celebrate our own fortunes. The problem we've got is though that Stephen Naismith songs really shit. I know that's it. There's you only know. one Stephen Naismith, the most generic football song you can ever sing. There is, but you know he's not. It's not. He's not blessed with an uh, overly exotic name that rhymes with or fits into. Uh, yeah, we should have just sort of sang. Money can't buy you nazy, couldn't we? That's what we should have sang. <laughs> yeah, I think he, he not, does need a proper song, and it's unfortunate. But I, I just, you know, it, it, it's unfortunate that that that's happened. But it's it's not been unheard of to, to for for people to be singing that. And you know, when, when he kind of turned the corner with Everton fans, and he went off. And he went off injured and he got a standing ovation and people were singing that so it's not unheard of that it happens so I just think it's a little bit you know I, I'm not the, I'm not one to stand at the front and try and get everyone on board singing there's only one Stephen Naismith uh, you know the, the the songs tend to come from the back and make the way forward uh, and it tends to be one one or two ringleaders in the back who start these songs just think it would have been nice if there was a little bit more pro Naismith and less negative only you could complain about the atmosphere this week in the oh, first no, week boss. in weeks when when the atmosphere was good it was boss but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say you know a lot of Everton fans were saying uh, you know getting on Twitter and, and Facebook and saying by the way you know 
Naismith scored a hat trick, and you know City fans got on board it as well. And you know a lot of people were saying, I think it's just the, the anti-Chelsea thing. Uh, you know, well done to Naismith. Uh, why is nobody saying anything about this? But I think we we were kind of we, we kind of did it ourselves. That's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to say. But the atmosphere was boss. It was. Uh, right, so we've got a couple of quickies just to whiz through. Uh, on, a, on a little bit of a sour note, one, uh, uh, the club's most successful chairman, uh, Philip Carter, uh, he had a remembrance service earlier this week. Um, yeah, it was great to see a good turnout from the, the club. Uh, most of the senior players were there, managers, ex players, um, you know, and it. It looked a very sort of St George's Hall as well. So yeah, it's, you know, it, you know big time it, venue. It it looked to be a very well done event, um, and yeah, you know, what more can we say about Phil Carter, most successful ever chairman, um, and a great servant to the club and the true Evertonian. Yep, yeah. So nice to see that. A uh, couple of other little bits and bobs, which leads me on to the next one, Bob. Ah, oh, so had that yeah. good link that, yeah. yeah. Bob, uh, big Bob, Bob, big Bob, big Bob Latchford's uh, book, which is contrary to popular belief, I, I thought it was his third actual book, uh, third autobiography. But it's, I think he's got he's got one which is like the the thirty goal season, which is I think it's a photo. I think that's more a picture book, isn't yeah, it? Photo, stuff, yeah. So that's uh, so he's, he's which kind if anyone wants one, a signed copy, we can sort out because yeah. we have got a load. Uh, yeah. But this one's his actual autobiography, A Different Road. Uh, and you know that, that's being launched. Is it the 25th of September? Uh, I think the book's up maybe already out. Uh, but he's doing sort of a signing. book signing on Waterstones in Liverpool, as needed. So, uh, 25th of September. So, he's, uh, because because of his, uh, his association with Everton and Swansea, he's probably going to be over this weekend be over for the week from his because uh, he, he lives in uh, Bayern Nuremberg in Germany now, I'd imagine we'd probably see him on a pitch of the Swansea game I think Swansea's yeah. guest 35 in 87 for Swansea 35 goals 87 appearances uh, I'm not 35 in 1987 I was no. going to say he'd be knocking, he'd be a bit old then wouldn't he uh, and he actually got offered the manager's job after Toshak left in 1983 which is I, I didn't know this but that's that's interesting isn't it random random yeah but he was too young at the age of 32 but now he's saying that maybe he should have taken that job because he is. He could have been the Gary Monk of the day, couldn't he? He really could have been, yeah. In 1983, um, I still can't say Gary Monk. I'm thinking of rhyming slang for spunk. <laughs> I just can't. Yeah, that's gonna... Gary Monk. I'm gonna Gary Monk all over there. Yeah. Okay. Just thought to throw that out there. Okay. <laughs> if he ever becomes England manager, I'm not gonna be able to cope. Honestly. Yeah. Right, we've got. You'll one. never keep, keep. You'll never keep a clean sheet with Gary Monk. <laughs> yeah, all right. We've taken a. <laughs> oh, we can get sponsorship if you start to keep throwing stuff like Spunk out there. <laughs> Spider Man, uh, web slinging all over. Anyway, right. Uh, just two other little bits before we talk about a few transfer um, possibilities. Uh, we've been given an extra allocation of tickets for the Red match on Tuesday, a bit later in the day, I think, because uh, the Red, it's on Tuesday and it's in Red. So can you I sort think we've it already out? Sold four thousand tickets, haven't we? Or something? And Majeski is a big stadium, isn't it? And I think obviously with it being, I don't know whether what Redden's thoughts on the the League Cup are. So I don't know whether they've released extra seats from their their own allocation, but yeah. I think um, there'll be another massive Blues contingent on a Tuesday, random Tuesday night. 
One, one Take other. note, copite. One other bit is uh, Mo Besic for his uh, chewing gum throwing antics has received a three game international ban. Great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you notice that when he, he did his injury to the day on the floor, he was a little bit wriggly? <laughs> that's it. <laughs> uh, awful. <laughs> I noticed he had to, like, when he was up to the pitch, he was, like, hyperventilating, so he had to try and clear his airway. airwaves. Ah! Oh! Spoil my own sp- uh, punchline. Ruined your own joke. Damn it. Right. Okay, so just a few little bits more, uh, a bit more uh, stories, transfers. Uh, we've been linked with Zapata. Uh, Zapata? Zapata from Milan. Uh, Sam Byron. Colombian? Yeah. Sam Byron from Leeds and Ujibob Renokia from Inter. I don't know his first name, Captain. Renokia. We've talked about him before, the Inter captain. He fell out of favour. So he's been linked to the Blues now for for quite a while. Bit of a pattern though. Uh, Defenders again. So Zapata, centre back, right back from Milan. He's in favour at the moment, but he hasn't always been. And he's out of contract in, in the summer. Uh, Sam Byram, who's a bit of a wonder kid at Leeds, uh, who could possibly come in on the right to cover a certain Mr. Coleman, should he be. Uh, I've heard a lot about this out. kid. Apparently, uh, Byram, the way he plays, is a bit like poetry in motion. Uh, not many. Highbrow. Highbrow joke. Many, there. Not many will get that. Highbrow joke. Yeah. Uh, Much better than Gaddy Monk. <laughs> <laughs> we just went from yeah opposite ends of the scale there. Spider-Man and people to uh, <laughs> jokes about uh, poets. Yeah. Uh, are, are these convenient links because of the pending transfer, of course, of uh, to, of Coleman to PSG? Is he going to PSG? Well, Rumour has it that Chelsea have now fell out of love with Branislav Ivanovic and needs a new right-back. Yeah. I mean, he seems to be everything that Chelsea do wrong seems to be thrown at the feet of Ivanovic at the moment. So, what what I will say is, when obviously Stones deal never went through, Chelsea bought a couple of centre halves, didn't he? So I was thinking, well, maybe they just spat the dummy over Stones now, and maybe they're not going to be bothered about him. And now they need a new right back and with a place position Stones can play. Yeah, so you might just come back all out, mightn't you? Uh, but is is it convenient? Are these convenient links because of the Coleman talks, or do you think we we've looked at it and think right, we really do need to strengthen in that right back area? And uh, Pennington, I think, no, I think I, he's I think he's a season away, and Hibbo is, you know, he made the uh, top eleven all time Premiership croc list, so he's not going to be covering many games this season, is he? What is our current transfer policy would you say um, try and find a few quid down the back of the couch and hang on for dear life to other players that we consider assets see I'd say our current transfer policy is to buy the best young talent we can identify we're buying young players consistently buying young players um, we're buying players from the championship you look at Holgate you look at Galloway you look at Stones Um well, I so, mean, further afield as well. You look at Rodriguez. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's, that's what I mean. But th- there's examples there. So I think Sam Byron would be another one of those. You know, he's, he's at Leeds at the minute. He's been identified as being a really good player going forward. We could probably buy him now for 
you know, I don't think it'd be a small fee, but if you can get him for seven, eight million, maybe he gets three, four seasons at Everton, he establishes himself as an international, and then we sell him for thirty million. Do you think eight million is something we could afford? You know, you look at the Stones deal and that what that's rising to what it was like two and a half, rising to something. Wasn't Can it? I answer that question after the middle of October when I find out if we're building a new ground or not? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, what you mean when we get the update on the update? The update on the update, yeah. So yeah, so transfer. These kind of stories or non-stories are going to keep coming until January, and then it's going to be some more heavy links with a load of players, and then it's going to die back down to these kind of stories again. So we never, never really know, but it's good to talk about, isn't it? Because it's been a slow week, even though we've talked. A lot. It's good to talk. We've talked nearly fifty-five minutes on non-news. Yeah, yeah. So we've got a little bit of a social media uh, discussion in a sec. Uh, so we'll be back with that. Uh, any more news that you want to talk about before that, though? I'm just trying to rack my brains for any more Gary Monk jokes, really, but no, that'll do for now. Hopefully someone will mention Swansea in the social media section and I can retain and rehash some Gary Monk jokes. Yeah. This is the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. If you haven't already, go and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash EFC, not bitter, just better. Or you can find us on Twitter at just better EFC. So there you have our social media links, so feel free to get in touch on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, we did put a, a, a mini question out there today. We're recording on Friday, so a day late this week, um, just because of work and all that business. Uh, but Mark, what was the question you put out there? Yeah, basically, you know, we're getting to that stage in the season now where, in the olden days, the, this is where the, probably the first league table would really come out. Now, like, Sky do it five minutes into the first... Whenever somebody scores the first goal of the season, they jump to the top of the league, don't they? Because computers can work all these things out and, and everything else. But um, now everyone's played five games. I just thought it'd be interesting to sort of revisit where, where people think the Blues sit in the grand scheme of things so the question I put out was where do you now think the Blues can realistically finish uh, and just general thoughts on, on other teams better or worse is the standard the general standard in the league better or worse uh, this season compared to seasons gone uh, should we go through some of the comments and then we'll, we'll give our quick two pence worth afterwards yeah to just start first uh, just Big Dave 1878 on Twitter uh, said so much depends on form we have the tools to challenge top four, clearly, but being so young, we are inconsistent. Core is great. Roberto needs to stay flexible and willing to bench those not in a phenomenal moment of form, in quotation marks, and fix the hamstring issues. Sensible? Sensible, but two points on that. Surely every player is always in phenomenal form when it comes Roberto, to Roberto's yeah. view. And secondly, um, what are we going to do with these hamstring issues? Get the Chelsea physio in. What's her face? Yay. She can, she can sort that, my, that, she can sort my that, house would, that would wind Jose up as oh, well, wouldn't that it? That really would, yeah. <laughs> you never know. Um, looking over on Facebook, Bradley James Jennings. Uh, I still think ninth or 10th. Uh, there's a few injuries now, and if we get any more, it's going to be tough. And if Lukaku gets injured, then we have no one to step in. Uh, Stephen Price counters that. Uh, he says, more like if Lukaku gets injured, we'll get goals. So I don't think he's a big fan of Rom at the moment. I'm going for the top six finish, hopefully higher. Optimistic there. How can you finish higher than I was thinking anywhere myself. in the top six? Because top six is obviously six to first. 
Can you finish higher than first? I think what he means is, you know what he means. Maybe top five, top four, top three, top two, top one. Right, okay. Yeah. Uh, Paul Jimenez, uh, I think top six isn't out of the question. Uh, the shite aren't looking great. Uh, Spurs, not that great. Southampton, not as good as last year. Yeah, good point. I mean, it's very early days, isn't it? So and they're our rival. You would say they were our four yeah, main rival clubs, wouldn't you? And the the team we're playing at the weekend, Swansea, probably there or thereabouts yeah, as well. No, maybe agree, even yeah. maybe even even the likes of West Ham, um, who are, who are like hit miss at the moment. So, Payet, who we supposedly missed out on in the summer, looks a looks a, a good player for them at the moment. Scored a couple of goals on Monday. Uh, looks a bit of a different class for them. So. Uh, we put that story out then we over the summer that that was the number 10 that Robbie desired at the start of the transfer window I don't even remember yeah well thanks for that <laughs> thanks for that uh, you know support for my journalistic skills uh, but yeah Martinez apparently was very disappointed I'm missing out a Payet and, and we're now starting to see see why in the Premier League uh, Ray Langford just says 8th very specific 8th uh, Jonathan Williams it's far too early to say ask again after the next five games that will give you an idea of where we're at United Chelsea Arsenal Liverpool and City will then all have been played yeah I'm just going to go I seem to get the, getting the easy ones to read out here fifth <laughs> and that is Gary Alan Whittick the second have we ever had a second before we've had posh names before but I don't think we've ever officially had like a a second no, that's it. Gaddy Allen. I've had, I, I don't know second. about you, but I've had plenty of number twos. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, last one we've got this week. Stuart Hag. Something's up. I can feel some sort of change on the podcast this week. The most negative man in the world. Stuart Even Tag. more negative than us, apparently. Cause we're we negative. can get into the top six, in my opinion. I think that should be on the cover of all the uh, all in. I'm 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 dumbfounded. Absolutely dumbfounded. Um, so come on, then, Johnny. No, no. Let's just. I think that that should be newspaper headlines. Taggy in gloomy mood U-turn. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think stew poo poo. U turn. <laughs> is that any good? No. <laughs> did you? Did, I, was, I don't know whether this week went together. Did, did you like um, the the headline David the Stayer? It's very obvious. It was. Well, yeah, it was sometimes simple as the best, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so come on, what do you think? Five games in. Well, I, I know you're not a I know you're not a predictions man, but I what's s- your general thoughts? I said in our predictions that I think we had a, st- a strong enough squad to be able to push on and improve on last season's. At least we're you know finish with uh, without the burden of Europa. Uh, we've got a, a very good squad. It's small, but we've strengthened, and I don't see why I don't see why people thought we would finish lower than the eleventh. I did. Well, the only reason the only reason I know why people because all these people are, you know these clubs like Newcastle and Stoke were spending million upon million on on these players, and we weren't. How's that worked out for them in the relegation zone? Well, there you go. You know, very early days. I think we will finish top half. I think we will be in or around the top six. Maybe, maybe not quite make it there, but I think we'll definitely improve upon last season, which is you know what people will hope for. Yeah, can ask for really. I mean, as I said there, I you know predicted I was very doom and gloom when we did our first podcast this season and we did our initial predictions. 
I predicted that we'd finish low in last season. I thought at this point I thought you know John Stone to leave. Um, I thought maybe a couple of other players may go. It wasn't looking like we were getting anyone in in particular. Um, so I was a little bit downhearted. I have been very pre pleasantly surprised so far. Uh, I've been surprised by the way Everton have started. You know we've had we looked at those fixtures and it was a ridiculously tough opening set of fixtures for the Blues. I think we've more than held our own. Um, but I think the thing that stands out for me more than anything else this season is just the the decline in standard with everyone else bizarrely now yeah. whether that's a form thing and whether that'll change as the season goes on I'm not too sure but as we mentioned there and I think we mentioned this on last week's podcast United don't look good the Shite don't look good Spurs haven't looked particularly good Arsenal aren't playing particularly well Chelsea, I don't know what's going on with Chelsea at the minute, but they look like a broken team at gonna, the minute. The one thing I think you can guarantee is Chelsea are going to turn it around, I think you can guarantee that. They're no, going to be top I, yeah, four. Yeah, you know, I'm not, you know, I think all the episodes were singing, you know, you're going down to them last week. That isn't going to happen. I'm sure I'd still expect Chelsea to probably finish second, for instance. However, at the minute, they haven't started well. And I... Bizarrely, I think they're already out of the title well, I race. Think you look at City. I think City have already won the league. City, that's it. You yeah. know, there's no. They've just got to keep going as they are now. They haven't conceded a goal yet in the league, have they? Which is unbelievable in five games, um, and they do seem to be playing very well. So, and I think the upside to that is we've played City. We've played City away now. You know, we've got the what will be our hardest game of the season. It's already gone. We can forget about that. Um, and we are so you know we've got. I hope we play City at home. Sorry, at home. I meant uh, you know our most difficult home game probably this season. Yeah. Um. So you can write off the City away. I think most of the time. Yeah, we, we can put that to bed, can't we? Um. And I'm definitely much more optimistic now than I was at the start of the season. So I'm thinking you know, a minimum of eighth. Yeah. So I mean, City, City do look like they run. Uh, they'll run away with it. Uh, so I, I think did I I think did we both pick Chelsea or did you pick City to win the league this season? No, I picked Chelsea. Yeah, I picked Chelsea. I didn't see how that how fairly easily how how I thought how they could drop so low. I just think it's it's a poor start. They've had a Pedro. We're going to look at that a little bit, aren't we? Are we are we going to go straight into looking back at the Chelsea game? Are we? We'll do that in a little bit. We're looking a little bit, but you know we we we, we were just talking just before we started rolling uh, recording again. Then we played five games. We've won two, drawn two. And lost one, so that's good form. And um, are we seventh in the league at the moment? Yeah. Uh, and there's if, a few teams on this on, on eight points with us, though, isn't it? If you if you measured that though, if you know you've just worked out the averages, if you went with those averages over the you know over the season, approximately forty games, and so you'd end up with approximately sixty four points, ish ish. So that would leave you around the position that we're saying you know around the top six I don't think you'd be too happy if you got 16 draws in a season you wouldn't but it's not unheard of for us is no, it no it's not but I think you'd probably want you know if we continued with sort of a similar form to this you'd want to turn some of them draws into wins yeah you? I mean I, I you've got to remember we've, we've played a lot of difficult fixtures so far so when we start getting the likes of you know your Sunderland's at home your West Brom's at home uh, you know, teams who you'd expect us to beat then you'd expect some of them draws to but become, we've worked this out on 40 games you know, rather than yeah, thirty. No, so if you've got like, if you, you turn those sixteen draws into fourteen draws, 
uh, and then and 16 wins and then if you look at you know the difficult like every away game is going to be difficult if you turn a lot of those away games into draws and then you have the teams above you who are coming who are challenging uh, and you turn some of them into draws maybe uh, you know 10 12 draws a se- in the season isn't a bad thing if you turn some of the defeats into draws is it no no of course you'd rather take the the odd points here here than there if you turn your draw if you turn your defeats into draws rather than your wins into draws then it's a lot more positive isn't it this is getting very confusing now okay We'll leave it there anyway. Uh, you don't want any Gary Monk in your drawers though, do you? <laughs> yes, got one in. What I will say is, just to finish this off, is I do think, I can't think of another season where I think there's as much possibility as somebody new breaking into the top four. It might be a one-off, but I think it's wide open. I really do. I think, you know, you look round, I think, you know, you, Liverpool look awful. United look like they're going to take a while to gel. There is, I think there is a good... Still winning though, United? They are still, I know that. I know they are still winning, but I think there's a very good chance for a team to put a run together and to have a real go at cracking this top four this season. I'm not saying it's going to be Everton. You know, as you say, there's a few little dark horses this season. There is your West Ham's. Swansea have started off very well. So, you know... I think it could be a season. You know, Spurs, Spurs could get their act together. They, they've made a few sign, attacking signings there just before the end of the deadline. The lad uh, played in the Europa League for them last night, uh, the Asian lad, and, and scored a couple of goals. So, you know, if, if he starts finding some form, banging them in, they could make a run at it. But I do think it's, it's something that's definitely a possibility. Okay, so we, we've got we've got a lot of crossover here where we, we talk about... Um, you know where we think we'll finish. So I think there's going to be a lot of crossover between uh, our bright start and the Chelsea game. So I think maybe we should start looking at the Chelsea game straight away um, and talk about that now. You know, obviously we talked about the score, three-one uh, victory for the Blues. But we're going to talk start off with the team lineup. When we saw the lineup, I think I texted you and said it, it's shit. You said you 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 just seemed very down after the, the, the well. I just the thought team we went we we you. We brought Lennon in. We've seen that Delafeu's had you know a decent start with the assists he's had. We've got Morales back fit, uh, and we still persisted to play with. And you know, cleverly was injured, so we thought th- out of that game more than any, we might see a winger on there. Were you down after bad? Because on paper it looked fairly negative in the fact that it looked like there was three defensive midfielders playing yeah. in there. Because obviously Bessic came in for in. cleverly, so I'd so say Bessic, Barry, and McCarthy, and I think it was very much a case of how are we going to shape up here? Is it a straight four three three? Is it is Bessic going to play where cleverly's been playing sort of out wide? It was a bit. We didn't really know how we were going to shape up, did we? No, and that's that's it, and. You know, on paper, that's the way it did look. It did look negative, and you can say that against Chelsea. You, you know, you, you're trying to counter what they're going to do rather than trying to create your own chances. But we had four, four, argue, well, four central midfielders, and then we and it looked like Kone was going to play out wide. And we, but we had three wingers on the bench, three wingers who were all pushing for a first team spot. It was a very attack. When you looked at the bench, the bench was Naismith. Delafeu, Morales, yeah. Lennon. It was a very attacking so bench. Three wasn't? wingers and Naismith on there as well. And was was Osman on the bench? Osman as well, yeah. Yeah, so it's it was 
very strange. So was Maury was the only the only defender. Yeah, and and then obviously Joe was, in, and then the the other bit of news was the fact that Galloway made the game. Yeah, um, and, and Murray well, that was a boost. Was on the bench. Well, it was because uh, I, I want to sort of have a look at this game, and I want to look at sort of individual plays. Well, that's that's why that's why I said there was the crossover, which kind of contributed to our decent start, and. You know, you mentioned the lad Galloway there. Well, Galloway, I thought, his best game by a million Definitely. miles since he's come into the first team. It was a game where he was coming back from a you know a knock that he took. You look and he's you look at the players he's facing up against, and he's facing up against you know Pedro Hazard. You know <laughs> the list goes on. Um, what what did surprise me, I must say, is. Chelsea did seem to pay us a lot of respect because they started both Matic and Mikel. Yes. Two what you would class as two holder midfielders. Um, so they did give us a certain amount of respect, but uh, I thought Galloway, you know, I thought he was brilliant. I honestly did. I thought he really looked apart. Um, you know, there was a couple, in the first half, I thought there was a couple of shaky moments where maybe Pedro sort of got a bit of a Pedro? break on him. Exactly, it is. It's Pedro, and he, he got doubled up on a couple of times, um, which which you know can't be helped. But I thought that the lad was 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 superb. He looked like he had a little bit of that John Stones composure, bringing the ball out as well, which I haven't really seen for him uh, from him as much. You know, I've seen him going forward a little bit, but not like kind of bombing on like Bainesy. But he got the ball a few times and then dinked it inside, took it inside, and ran with it a little bit. I thought he showed like he's he's really got that in his game, so I think once he starts getting a little bit, um, filling out a little bit more, I think he's going to be a monster. Yeah, of course. Uh, we must say at this point, obviously, that when the game started, um, Besic didn't last particularly long. He lasted about was it five minutes or something? Uh, around around that, yeah. Around uh, about five minutes or so, um, he pulled up with what appeared to be another hamstring injury. Uh, had some treatments, went back on the pitch, tried to run it off. He tried to find his chewy. Yeah, tried to, tried to, was a bit wriggly on the pitch. Uh, tried to give us something extra. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. See what I did there. Um, and then, but couldn't continue on, and the substitution was made, and everybody was saying, "Get our boy on, get our boy on, get Morales on, get Morales on." Martinez brought on Stephen Naismith. I fumed much to. Um, yeah, a lot of dissension, really. Um, little did we know what was about to come. Um, going back to Galloway, though, we all know, anyone who's listening will know what happened from there. Stephen Aismith comes on, scores a hat-trick. His first goal, which I actually think was the best goal of the lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, great passer movement by the Blues. I think there was something like 16, 17 passes in this move. It goes out to Galloway, uh, who plays... Well, it's a bit of a one-two between Naismith. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Naismith gives the ball out to Galloway, who's bombing up the left-hand side. Galloway crosses it into the box. Um, perfect cross, really, because Naismith didn't even have to break his stride no. anyway. Straight on his head. Uh, great finish. You know, really good header. Uh, and, and a great assist. First assist for Brendan Galloway. And but this, um, this, this goal, I mean, you say about the great build-up. It then started out on the right, didn't it, with link-up play between... Lukaku and Kone, and it comes in, eventually comes inside to um, to Naismith, who kind of does a little bit of a pirouette on it, and then feeds uh, Galloway was bombing on, like you say, and then you know as, as you just on a plate 
on a plate, but he, he still had a lot to do. You know, you know, it was a great, great headed finish. It just looked like he made a connection and bulleted a pass, but you know, great direction on the headed as well at pace, and you know, you, what you, a way to. Uh, yeah, you've just mentioned there the second player that I wanted to look at on an individual basis, and that's Kone. Yes. I thought Kone, particularly in the first half, um, you know, a few months ago or a few weeks ago, we we would have laughed at Kone's first touch, or we would have said he's always constantly giving the ball away, he's hiding, he's not looking for the ball, doesn't seem to want it. Complete change in the lad now. Um, he was always showing for the ball. Pretty much every time he got the ball, he did something with it. It may not have been like you know a shot on target or crossing a ball, but he was bringing it down. He was laying it off. His link-up play, I thought, was super. It's just, oh, he's just one of those players. The body language just makes you read him differently because it looks like he's his first touch is knocking the ball out of uh, out of his own reach, but then he's got this just just very very weird control over his body where. His first touch, it looks like he's knocking it, but he's knocking it into the perfect space where, you know, for him to retain possession and then, you know, dink it off to whoever he needs to. The only time, the only thing, he's just a little bit lax in his own box and a few times, you know, he... he in his it. own box? Yeah, in, in, in our own box. I mean, he, he defended corners. Well, that, the second point I wanted to make yeah. about him, I thought from set pieces defensively, something that we... When Kone wasn't in the team, that was something we looked very suspect at. Whenever the, the, the team got a corner, you know, we were worried, weren't we? I think he won virtually every it's, single header from a corner. It's funny, that, isn't it? Because he never wins any up the other end. Well, well, he, I mean, he, he did have one good chance which uh, up the other end, which was, again, great cross. It's probably maybe getting headers on target when you're defending set you pieces. To, you yeah. just have to get a big head on it, don't you? You can get it as far away as no, possible. What I mean but was, I thought he was defensively, I thought he was brilliant. Just, just because he was in, in on that kind of right wingish kind of position, he found himself kind of in in our own right hand corner behind Coleman a few times, and it's all right, you know, being a little bit composed on the ball and a bit, a little bit lax. Or when you you're talking up top, about rather than just getting rid and yeah, giving it, who's trying to play his way out? A little sometimes bit, like. just, put, especially if you, you know, if you're the last man, you're the last line of defence, and Coleman's up there, just boom it away just get it away yeah. Um, but yeah just just leaps and bounds and you know if, uh, cliche like a new signer it really is ok um, there's, there's a couple of other players I wanted to highlight uh, John Stones John Stones in a game that was just wow. ri- ridiculously pressurised on him and probably the world's media were focused on him uh, a game where you know he was probably he knew he was going to be getting watched. He knew all eyes were on him, and yet he was easily the most composed player on the field. Yeah, you've and you've got someone who's got a real nasty side in Costa, who can really wind players up. And you know, a few minutes in the game, you've got Costa kicking out his heels. Uh, first, first time Costa nutmegs him, but doesn't go past him because Stone just turns him inside out in his own box. And second, uh, second little bit of play, uh, he he he's got a one on one with Costa racing for the ball, and what does he do? Cruyff turn, turns inside his, his own area again, brings the ball out, plays it out, just absolute world class. Do you know what I noticed in that game quite a bit? It looked to me, I think Costa needs to get himself fired up. I think he needs to have a to get fired up, and 
I noticed that he kept on looking for like stones or Coleman to react to him, and and the pair of them just sort of completely no sold it. They just blanked him. Yeah. They just didn't get involved in anything with him, and he just was like, it was like as if he didn't know what to do. Yeah, Costa, he was just like, oh well, I can't be bothered. Yeah. Which is bizarre, um, but as you say, yeah, you know. The, the, just he showed his class, didn't he? Johnstone. Well, there was a little bit in the second half, wasn't it, where you know he brought the ball out to defence, like took took one challenge, just a little bit of a feint, went past one challenge, and then cut inside for another one, and then went went past like three players with complete ease, and then let uh, set Coleman off down the right. Just you just don't see centre backs like that, and the comparisons the comparisons are there. Uh, between Beckenbauer, you know, which we, we, we can't, uh, is it just us who is doing that? But the more recent comparisons is uh, Rio. Yeah. Um, no, I think that that's a more, you know, obviously because of the more recent history and also yeah. the fact that he's English, that's probably a more uh, suitable comparison at this stage. Um, I'm not really going to go into Jagielka, but an honourable mention for Jagielka. Oh, Bri- great. Brilliant also. Yeah. Um, going through on an individual basis. You're probably thinking I'm building up to saving the best for last, which is Stephen Naismith. But I want to look at Stephen Naismith now because for me he wasn't man of the match. That's uh, controversial. I, I, well, I know, I know what you're going to say man of the match, but uh, Naismith was just we're kind of leading up to his his his, uh, his second goal, which is like you know a bit of a bit of a solo effort because he he, he saw the space and went for it. Um, do you give an assist to Ross Barkley here because he played the pass? Yeah. You probably I mean, do. he gets the assist for it, but was it an assist? Did he assist in a goal-scoring opportunity, or should Naismith also, it's, no, also it, it get the assist? No, it does still count to assist. I think the most help we got was the fact that the Chelsea midfield just seemed to go to sleep and just left him to run. Yeah, so what? maybe 30 yards out, Naismith picks up the ball, doesn't even run at the Chelsea defence, makes a couple of strides forward, so he's about 20, 22 yards out. Uh, I don't think there was a, the shot was on, really, but... Because he's on his left foot. Where's Naismith playing at this point? Well, it's it's different. He was sort of playing left-sided number ten. It was, it was, yeah, it was, it was quite wasn't fluid, it? wasn't it? It was, yeah, yeah. It, it was quite a fluid system. I think, I think it really it, it really worked when Besic went off. Really changed the game plan, and he kind of f- found little holes and uh, around the pitch, and he picked up the ball I, I think in that a lot position of players a few because. Times. Because obviously the tactics had been geared towards Bessage playing and the game plan had been set up around that, I think when it changed so early on in the game and Naismith's come on and he probably haven't had time to, to you know, devise a plan B, I think players just played off instinct and it was fluid. Yeah. So anyway, he, he has, has a bit of a... a I, I was probably a little bit harsh in saying a bit of a swinger with his left foot because it was a nice low strike. Ivanovic... Chelsea's uh, pantomime villain at the moment for, for their own fans I guess uh, does the worst attempt at blocking ever with his hands behind his back and jumps the other way when he shoots um, and the ball nestles in the bottom corner there's two things from this really one is if I was Jose Mourinho then I certainly wouldn't have been shouting at Roberto Martinez at the end of the game I would have yep. been rollicking uh, Matic and Mikel He's picked two defensive midfielders yeah. for a reason, uh, and they both just stood there and watched us as we sort of basically walked through them. Secondly, it was a good finish this for, for Nate Smith. He really did find that bottom corner. Would it have been saved the Courtois was in goal? I think so. 
I, I think I think it, it it was hit decent amount of pace. You know, it didn't. It, it came from a decent range out, but it wasn't. It wasn't a rocket. Yeah, maybe he was unsighted by Ivanovic trying to I get think, out the I way. think Ivanovic was in Begovic's way, in all honesty. But yeah, you know, another very good finish from from Naismith. Um and and at this point he was he was looking at a, a perfect hat trick, wasn't he? Because he'd already got the header and the left foot, which is his weaker foot. Yeah. So yeah. Um, we had some other chances. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's carry on. Carry on about Naismith. Go on. Well, let's. We're going to be run out of time soon on the podcast, so. Uh, we all know that Chelsea came back into the game. Matic scored an absolute worldie. A few people in the crowd, uh, you know, had a little bit of a go at Howard, but I don't think it was, was Howard. I mean, that was a rocket. That, it was one of those shots where it came. We sit just behind that corner of the goal, so it was one of those shots that would come and sort of. Yeah. If the goal hadn't been there, I would have got my head on it and cleared would it. Would you? Oh, definitely. Well, I might have messed my head up. I would have been diving out the way because that was it with some pace. But it was coming and it was one of those ones where the ball isn't turning or anything. The ball just is just like perfectly still. He struck it so sweetly. Um, I don't think any keep in the world would have saved that. But the criticism there, you know, you say Chelsea uh, picked Matic and Mikel, those two. Th- we, had a, we had arguably, well, we didn't have three central defensive midfielders on at that time. But we still had two. We still had uh, Barry and McCarthy. Should they have been anywhere near that? Yeah, but when you've got you know when you've got Hazard, Pedro, Costa, and Papagas there, you've got you know you've got to this think. You've got to think. Well, let him have it there, thirty yards out, really. Yeah, the lads it. He scored the world. He fair play to him. Um, the basic gist of the match was: I thought we completely controlled the first 20, 25 minutes. Then they came into it both sides of half time, and then we controlled the last twenty minutes. Um, We'll just talk quickly about Naismith's third goal in the second half. Yeah, uh, I think there were there were a few, uh, a few few more changes. Annalen came on at this time. Uh, this was, I think, this was Barkley's Barkley's most uh, telling contribution. I don't think he had a good game, but then he picked the ball up, ran at Chelsea defence a little bit, a little bit of a disguise back in behind the back, uh, the back line, and uh, sends Naismith. To the edge of the six-yard box, I thought he'd gone too wide. Got about, got it out of his feet after not the best first touch, and a nice little finish from the angle. Was a nice finish, yeah, and the perfect hat trick was completed. Yeah, and very deserved. And I, I think, I think you've got to give him the man of the match because he's he's got the, the three goals. Well, but, he scored a hat trick, you know. And but yeah. what else did he do? Harried them a little bit, and yeah. There is that. I mean, he's always going to get the man of the match award of because course. he got a hat trick and, and and everything else. For me, the best player on the pitch by a million miles on both sides, and probably the best individual performance for Everton so far this season, and for a very long time, was kind of Barry. I thought the lad was unbelievable. I think he he it was so under the radar though that. It probably won't, won't have been picked up on, and come uh, the Swan, uh, just the Swansea team, an hour before the Swansea game, uh, when Twitter goes into Everton team selection uh, meltdown, there'll still be the Gareth Barry fume, which has become. I don't think that I think a no, lot I, of minds would have been changed after this game. If you if you're going to show, if you're going to write a textbook about how to play as a holding midfielder, I think you'd probably show that performance. In its entirety, to say 
this is how you do it. He it showed him uh, and Matters how to do it, didn't he? It was Claude Machalali in his A Day, you know. It, it, it was brilliant. He was every the lad was that's, that's why he was under the radar though. It was so low it was low key. He did all those things where he broke up play and, you know, stopped runs and all that kind of stuff and you know, so it's not noticed. I thought every time he broke up play though, he was he was dead positive as well. He turned and he went and he, he started moving forward, started to play forward. Again, a bit like we said with Jagielka. We're not dismissing his contribution here. But James McCarthy had a very good game as well, but he was just overshadowed by the the absolutely brilliance of Garth Barry, I thought, that day. What do you think of Barkley's performance? Mediocre. I thought he was I thought he was okay. Two assists. Well I know. And that's what you want. Yeah. I thought he was okay. However, he made two goals, so that makes it a good performance because that's what he's there to do. So also in the game, there were a few changes. One of them was forced. Uh, Coleman went off injured. Mori um, came on. Uh, Lennon, Lennon made an appearance as well and grafted as, as, as he usually does. A bit of a reshuffle at the back, wasn't it? When, when Mori came on, yeah. Stones went out to right back and continued to be class. Yeah, didn't look uh, like, you know, that's something that worries a few fans in playing at right back these days, but he coped really well. And Mori came on and, you know, he didn't have a great deal to do but he had the one little burst out of the yeah, fence didn't looked he, good, he looked yeah, tidy. Yeah. and I think didn't we also get a free kick and I think Mori sort of went off towards it didn't he? and everyone was thinking is he going to take the free kick because he scored a couple of free kicks yeah. on YouTube yeah. did you know he? I did not know this until this week that he, he was a twin and his twin brother plays for River Plate as well is this a punchline no, am I waiting on the punchline no yeah. this is true he's got a twin brother and the season before last the pair of them we're both supposed to go as a package to Chelsea. Oh, but wow. the work payment issue stopped it. No, I did not know that. Yeah. So all I'm worried about now is, is you know all these YouTube clips that we've all seen? We got the is it one. actually him or is it his brother? You know, the one banging in free kicks and stuff. So uh, Morales and Delafeo have been busy then? That's... They had twins <laughs> together, yeah. Uh, that's another thing I'm going to take away from this game now. If you're Morales or you're Delafeo, are you going to be happy? There's been a lot of things about Morales being a bit miserable on the bench, hasn't it? You know, his, his face wasn't particularly great. Obviously, there's been two opportunities there to bring either of them on when he brought Naismith on the first time. And then the second time, obviously, was when uh, Adam, Adam Lennon's come on. And that, that was a time where it was one of the three and they've gone with Adam Lennon. Mad that, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, did, I, I was on Twitter after the game and... Um, you know, you get Jags who's posting pictures of, uh, you know, p- pictures of Stephen Naismith saying he deserves how, how much he deserves it, and then you got Kevin Morales po- posting pictures of himself uh, with, with his bird for the night on the tiles. <laughs> it's like, but well, that probably tells you all you need to know. But he's not making any. It's not like he's moaning. It doesn't seem to be moaning. Well, at the he moment. did come out this week though, didn't he? And bizarrely, he, he chose this week to go to the media to start saying about how he, he was going to leave Everton and he nearly left Everton, but it was because he thought we had a different attitude to bringing players in. That's why he decided to stay. So we're suddenly now good enough for him. He decided to stay. I, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting a vibe. I'm sure, as I said before on the news, I think it's going to be tactical. This season, I think there'll be games where Delafeo and Morales both start. So they'll probably both feature against Redden. Yeah, I think you know. I think they could even feature one or two of them against Swansea. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we're just coming up to that. That that more that Mori run though uh, when he's coming up to the. It looks like he he has got a little bit of composure on the ball as well, and it was it was only it only took it. Uh, he was sided down, wasn't he? Uh, which which stopped him. He could have went all the way. 
Could have, yeah. Uh, so that one little burst though uh, of of pace and composure made me think that our central defensive uh, selection uh, that we've got there, the, the the options, I think we're in safe hands. Yeah, just on I mean, that little glimpse. You know, we need to see money play properly, don't we? Yeah, know? I wouldn't be surprised if he started against Reading. Uh, yeah, I think I think we're, we'll see. I mean, obviously. I think we'll he'll be on the bench. We'll kind of transition over now to looking at the Swansea game coming up. I think Mori will stay on the bench um, unless Coleman doesn't make it. What do you think? What do you think about that? Just just to very quickly finish the Chelsea game off. Though I just an overall recap. Brilliant performance. Oh yeah, brilliant I performance mean, all over the pitch. Mourinho's talking onto his ass. The the crowd was superb. You know the atmosphere was good. Uh, the the money can't buy you stone song was ringing out as we said before, uh, and it was just a perfect Everton performance. I'd yeah, Mourinho talking out of his ass. You know we control the game. We had a number of other opportunities. Uh, it wasn't like everything we hit was going in. Uh, we had a number of outstanding performances. Just sour grapes. And I thought Mourinho was normally better than that when it comes to Everton. But well done, the, the boys. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, looking forward to this week. Um, and uh, Swansea on Saturday, uh, three o'clock kickoff. I think, isn't it? No, yeah, rarity. Yeah, normal time. Uh, as always, a large contingent of Evertonians going down, making a trip down to the, the Liberty. I think there's a lot of them going down tonight, actually, to get on it in Swansea yeah, yeah, yeah. overnight. Um, so yeah, the, uh, the big question is going to be, you know, does Stephen Naismith keep his place? Really, isn't it? And does, does he does he fill in, or will? You, you tend to say, wouldn't you? I think that, that the fact Bessage got brought in last week was particularly for that game. Yeah. So if you forget that Bessage started last week, it's all pretty much going to be who starts on the left side of midfield, really. That's the real question, isn't it? If he keeps Kone in on the right and keeps the same side as he's been playing, really, who's going to come in on the left? Well, Bessage is a doubt. And no, because Bessage, Bessage, I don't think would have would have started this game in any circumstance. I think you'll have Barney McCarthy sitting. I don't, I don't know. Th- I don't know though. It, it, no, I do. Well, I, I think it, well, we we fought this before though, and like, and you know when the Southampton game where he went with Cleverly out there, and I think Bessage he sees as his first replacement for Cleverly. I think I think it will kind of depend on whether. But you say Bessage is a doubt, so why don't we just go with a safe option and just go with Naismith straight away, considering he did well? It's like a bit of a fail-safe option, really, considering he scored a hat-trick against Chelsea. I think I think you'll have looked at the way Swansea have started this season, which they've been really good. They're on eight points, the same as us. Um, their main threat this season has been the, the lads that got out wide. It's been Ayu and it's been Montero. We need to. I think in this game, it needs to be one of those games where we pin back their wide players to nullify their threat. So I wouldn't be surprised if he went Delafeu and Lennon. Possibly, you know, that might be unfair to Kone. Kone's playing really well at the minute. Um, he may stick with Kone. He may may just go with one of the wingers and Kone, uh, and then maybe look to bring Lennon or Morales on later on in the game to once the legs are going a little bit. But I think it'll be one of them games where whoever wins that battle on the two flanks and can pin back the full-back and the winger from the other team, I think that'll be the secret to the game. I think they're quite evenly matched sides at the minute, the way things are going. You yeah. know? Two very similar strikers, I would say, in Lukaku and Gomi. 
Um, you know, both sort of powerful lads up front. Um, both got goals in them. Gomi's been in really good form start of the season. Um, you know, both good Both got good attacking wide players. So it is going to be one of them. Again. Both fairly strong at the back as well. You know, Ashley Williams, very very underrated player. I think you know, yep. really defensively sound. Um, so it's going to be a difficult game for the Blues because we all know Swansea are a good side. What about um, you know Coleman is a doubt. He said he should be fit, but if he doesn't make it, does that mean that Stones will move out to the right and Maury will come in, or do you stick stick Browning out there, or do you bring Pennington back in? I don't think Pennington will, will come in at the minute. Uh, I take it Hibbert's still completely out of contention. He seems to be, although he was all over. He's the He's not uh, played any games, has he? And he's not been on the bench, so so that that's unlikely. But is um, he just not on the bench because he, he he doesn't offer as versatile as an op- an option as a centre back who can play? But he's not had any minutes. I mean, if you would have thought if you were thinking about playing Coleman this weekend, he would have played at least a half for the under twenty ones the other night. Yeah. So. Um, I think if Coleman doesn't make it, it might be a reshuffle where Stones goes out, yeah, and, and Murray comes in for his debut. Yeah. Do you think he will? Do you think he will make it? I don't know is the answer. I don't know. It's it, We never find out about injuries, do we, when it comes to Everton? Um, if it's, if he has pulled his hamstring, then I don't think he will make it. Mm. Unfortunately. Um, this this talk about... This talk, I kind of hinted at it a little bit before. They talk about Naismith starting up top. You can't start him up top, can you, with Lukaku? Because he scored a hat-trick from deep. So why, why what, would you start him up like top? What, you saw him like in a straight 4-4-2? Yeah. Nobody played 4-4-2 anymore. No. Uh, you may as well forget about that. That, that formation has no, now been wanked. Wanked? <laughs> was by Gary Monk. <laughs> Where did that come from? Has now been, I went to say wiped and blanked. <laughs> also by Gary Monk. Wanked. <laughs> I bet you weren't expected to wear that in a... Uh, preview of the Swansea game it's been wiped from the uh, the tactic books of football managers these days 4-4-2 so yeah now I, I don't know whether he's going to feel pressured into starting Naismith either on the left or the right just because of his form just because he scored three goals I mean what, I wouldn't would he Would he? Um, that's a bad thing to say but I wouldn't would he drop Lukaku and play Kone up top is there any, any chance of that ever, ever happening and have Naismith behind the twin strike force I don't know I, sometimes it's, it's, when they're out there I can't tell the difference between the two of them you know between who Kone and Naismith well they've both got the same air exactly um, yeah it's, it's just it's, it's difficult Naismith has thrown a real spanner in the works with the, the three goals last week Um but I think, you know, Martinez will, as I say, look at it tactically and decide who his best personnel is from that. If it was me, uh, and I'd probably be a terrible football manager, I would be trying to win that battle on the flanks and try and pin them in. Um, a man to watch, uh, I've mentioned Montero, I've mentioned Gomi, I've mentioned Ayu as the three main attacking threats. The man to watch is going to be John Joe Shelby. Uh, He's got one of your faves, hasn't he? I hate him. Hates everything about him, but he, he has started the season fairly he's well. Good player. You know, he's gone I mean, into the England team. Um, he's a little snide. Yeah, he good. sort of runs, pulls the strings. If you can wind it, he's one of them players. Of, if you can wind him up, he doesn't like us. It's no. clear. You know, he's still got that copper copite mentality in him. He doesn't like us. Wind him up, get him sent off. Who's the best for that? Naismith. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Little little pinches on his nipples and like you know under his you're arms. You're right. You're right. Yeah, like little pokes and stuff like that. You could well or, do that. 
somebody like Dan Afeyu, get him or Barkley, get him running at him, oh, make fa- Shelby get it to com- commit to I challenges. I think that's the first. That's your first booking. Get someone to run at him so he sides them down, and the second one is a little wind up. Just wind up and make him react. Yeah, like little wedgies and stuff while the rest not. But looking. yeah, I think John Joe Shelby. If we can sort of keep him quiet, if we can keep him off the ball, keep him pull off, prevent him from pulling the strings, and um, maybe even get him sent off. You know, I think that could be a big boost for Everton. It's going to be a difficult game, this. It's a hard one to predict. They're a good side. Uh, they're a good side. You know, it's a difficult place to go. Um, I thought this about Southampton now, and then we absolutely we turn them over. I think we're going to win. I I think momentum is with us at the minute. I think we're playing well, and I'm going to go for two 0 to Everton. Yeah, that'd be uh, that. Could do it with a clean sheet for Tim and the defence, considering they're playing quite well at the moment. So nice one. Got anything to add? No, I think we've overrun again. We're trying to cut the podcast down a little bit and we're already at 1 hour 36. Yeah, well, considering we talk 50 minutes about uh, news that doesn't exist, I think uh, I think that's uh, we might might see where we can uh, trim stuff. <laughs> Maybe some of the, uh, the, the Gary Monk jokes can go. The more trimming you do, the less chance you have of getting Gary Monk caught in. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, let's yeah, go let's, anyway. Let's uh, yeah, thanks for listening as always. Thanks for sharing as always. Uh, if you continue to share, tell two mates, as the saying goes, who will then tell two mates. Anybody and... listening to this hasn't got two mates. <laughs> Are we their mates? We're their two mates. We're, well, they probably think we're their mates, but we just want you to listen. We don't want anything actually to do with you. If you ever see us in the street, don't speak to us because, you know, we're the celebrities and yeah. you're the normal. We might, sign, we might sign a few autographs or whatever. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, have you ever been asked for an autograph? Yeah. Not due to this, but yeah. I've oh, yeah. signed a few things. Signed, signed a few girls' boobs and that. Did, did I, do you remember when I got asked for my autograph? Were you there at the, the Everton Sportsman's dinner and that weird lad came up to me? I hope oh, he's not yeah. listening to this and said that after he had a conversation with me, he I got inspired this. to do Everton things and he'd quit his job and he just goes round to various dinners meeting Everton players. And, that's and, his life, and then he asked me for my autograph. It was it was it was weird. And he and he cut your hair like he was, didn't he? Daft daft little uh, Kevin Morales style side part to start off with, and now he's going for the uh, the slicked back look. It was weird, wasn't it? Yeah. So I'm not a big fan of getting asked for your autograph. You I am when it's signing girls' boobs. Well, I'll tell you, it's good. Sound. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. So thanks for listening as always. You have to put Gary Monk on them next time. <laughs> Sign his name. What? What? what you thought that was rude? Then all I'm saying is sign somebody else's name. Uh, this is uh, just when you thought we couldn't get any lower. We go there. Yeah. That's it. Come on, you blues. <laughs> <laughs>